Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your spirit. We thank you for the power of your word. Lord, let your anointing touch each and every one of us. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying through your word this day. Lord, I pray and trust, Lord, about to deliver your word in the manner that you intend. And Lord, and we just see, Lord, as your spirit is alive and moving within each and every one of us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yeah, this month's uh, title, uh, title, uh, topic, that's the word, topic, is uh, soul health. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Praise God. Soul health. Well, to me it's hard to determine what a healthy soul looks like, but I believe a healthy spirit equates to a healthy soul. We need a healthy spirit and uh, allow the, you know, the spirit of God to be led by the Holy Spirit at all times. See, I, I see the soul, which is our mind, our will and our emotions, has some traits the Godhead has. That is, it's three separate identities that are distinguishable but indivisible. The mind, the will and the emotions, to me, you can't separate them. They're just all part of, of who we are, part of that one part, our soul, just as the Godhead, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are distinguishable but they're indivisible as well. You can't divide them, you can't separate one off. They're all co-joined. And uh, so in a similar way as God the Father is, is the head, the leader of the Godhead, to me the mind is the supreme authority of the soul. And, uh, and the behaviour of the will and the emotions come forth from the state of our mind. That's why we've got to keep our mind in a good state. That's why our mind, in other words, our mind dictates, dictates a lot of what we do. A lot of our behaviour comes from our mind, our thought process, our thought patterns. And uh, in other words, if we want our soul to be healthy, it's essential that we subject our mind to our spirit or more accurately to God's spirit. We've got to subject our mind to it. We've got to be led, not by the, by the flesh. It says in Romans that the carnal mind is enmity against God and the flesh and the spirit are at war all the time. And we know that to be true. You know, surely we would know that, you know, the things sometimes that come into our minds, we just can't fathom where they would come from. <laughs> we just say, where did that come from? It's not something that, you know, that is part of us normally. But these thoughts come to bombard. These thoughts come to lead us, distract us and take us away from the direction that God would have us go. God's leading us in the path of righteousness, in the path of holiness, leading us in the path of faith. And these thoughts come to, to bring us down, to take us away from that. There's a war going on the whole time. The mind is a battleground. There's a battle going on in the realm of the spirit. There's a battle going on in our mind the, the whole time. Well, mine anyway. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. It's more easy to be led by our soul than our spirit unless we choose consciously to be led by the Spirit. Like it just comes more naturally to be led by our soul, by our mind, our will, our emotions. So therefore, that's why they need to be healthy. That's why they need to be aligned with God. If we're being led by our soul, 
more than our spirit, it should be by our spirit, but we default sometimes. <laughs> we go back, we go do things that we don't want to do, those kinds of things. We need to be ones that are winning the battle, the battle of the mind versus the battle of the spirit. We need to be winning the spirit. Uh, the, how do we win the battle of the mind, I should say? By walking in the spirit of God at all times. And uh, see, the state of our will and emotions is controlled by our mind, controlled totally by our mind. But if our mind is in subjection to the spirit, we will be led by the spirit. See, there's no doubting that every single human being that's ever lived and every human being that will ever live in the future will at some stage, some time of their life cycle will be challenged with hardship or suffering of some sort. To me, that's a given. We're going to be challenged. At some stage of our life, if you haven't been challenged already, if you haven't been subjected to some hardship already, it will happen. I'm not being a prophet of doom, I'm just being realistic. (laughs) Something will come to push against us. And it's up to the state of our spirit or our mind of how hard we're going to push back. Are we going to receive the bad report or by our spirit are we going to rise up and take it captive and put it back where it came from? If a negative thought or a thought of defeat comes, it doesn't come from the living God. Victory comes from the living God. See, the battle, the victory is ours when the battle is the Lord's. It's up to us to give the battle to him. And that's where the victory comes from. But if our mind is a bit down, normally that's when the hardships or the battles and the things come. It's when we lose our guard, drop our guard a bit. Sometimes that can be out of pride. We know we're doing all right here, God, aren't we? I'm doing good. Or it could be out of, a, out of a low self-esteem. It could be out of any number. A million and one reasons why we can be a bit down. But see, that's what the devil does. He will pick a more opportune time, an opportunistic time to put pressure on our soul, to put pressure on us to lose our faith or drop our faith. And it's up to us to keep our faith strong. And it's up to us to keep walking in the spirit of the living God at all times. Take authority. See, this is nothing new. You would have heard many people say that, and I believe it to be true, that it's always our response to what happens to us more than what happens to us that matters the most. Now, we've heard it say many, many times, but it's so true, I believe. See, I know that it's easy to say, say that, but we need to practice living by faith more than looking solely for the reason of why things happen. Sometimes we spend too much time looking for the reason of why things happen rather than looking for the answer. Okay, this has happened, whether it's been my fault, someone else's fault, doesn't matter whose fault it is, the reason is the solution is in Jesus Christ. That's what we've got to be more attuned at looking at our faith. Okay, yes, this bad thing's happened. What's, whatever reasons happen, it doesn't really matter. What it does, the solution matters the most. And that solution is in Jesus Christ. That answer is him. See, the voice of reason is ruining the world at the moment. I reckon there's a voice of reason and it's difficult not to be affected by it in some way or another, whether directly or indirectly, whether by our own choice or by someone else's choice. There's things happening in the world today that are, it's the voice of reason. They use, you know, if this. They want to know why and all these things. 
instead of just looking straight to the answer, they're looking for every other answer, trying to fit their own idealistic ways or philosophies or things into this world when the real answer is Jesus Christ. You know, God is God no matter what happens. And that's the, that's the reality that we need to have. That's the, you know, the resolve we need to have within ourselves. It doesn't matter what happens to me, God will still be God. Yeah? That's the answer, isn't it? God is still God no matter what happens to me. We've only got to look at the Chad Mac, Reshack and Abednego. You know, that's the classic example. We won't go there, but, but look at that for the answer. It doesn't matter what happens, God will still be God. If we have faith in God, as long as we don't lose our salvation, as long as we don't give our salvation up, as long as we're healthy within our spirit, we'll be healthy within our thinking. That's what I believe. <laughs> but see, let's look at some scriptures today. You would have heard this scripture numerous times as well, but I don't want to gloss over it. You know, I believe this passage of scripture will help us obtain and keep a healthy soul. It's in Philippians chapter 4. Reading from verse 4. Hope you got your Bibles there today, one way or another. You've got to come to church with your Bible. You know, got to, how else can you trust the bloke up the front? <laughs> Whoever's up the front, the bloke or the lady, come to church with your Bible. Read along with what the Word of God is saying. And uh, quite often, when the person shares the Scripture, you can't stop reading where they stop either. It just keeps going. And uh, it's hard to put the Word down once the Word starts going. But I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 4, reading verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Amazing. Hey? Good scripture, isn't it? Like I said, I know we've all heard that scripture before. But let's not gloss over it. Let's just pull it apart a bit. Let your gentleness be known to all men. My definition of gentleness is having the power or the authority to crush someone but choosing not to. You know, you think of how gentle Jesus is, how gentle that God the Father is. He has the power, he has the authority to crush every single person on the face of this earth, but he chooses not to. Praise God, we live under grace. Yeah? Obviously, the, the opposite to uh, gentleness is lacking the compassion and love to refrain from crushing or obliterating or, you know, lording over whatever the situation. That, yeah. Gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all men. See, I believe most cruelty and harshness comes from a soul that is wounded in some way. A bitterness has taken root. There's a bitterness within that heart. There's a bitterness that's come along and it's allowed that person to react, not out of gentleness, but out of a, you know, a yuckness, I suppose, if there's such a word. <laughs> I just make them up as I go. 
You can do that nowadays, I think. <laughs> Seem to be able to. But the thing is, a root of bitterness springing up is the opposite of love and gentleness, isn't it? Uh, but a root of bitterness. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. And so we can get angry with certain things. It just happens. It's part of our emotional thing. It says, and do not sin. I believe the sinning comes when we allow bitterness to come into our lives. That's where the sin comes out of. And not only you know, wrecks our life when the bitterness is there, we wreck everybody else's life along the way. Spewing our bitterness upon somebody else. We lead the love and the mercy and the power and the grace of the living God to fill our hearts, to fill our souls. And then we allow love and forgiveness to be shed abroad in our heart. There's a difference. And I praise God that he softens our heart. You know, it's a hardness of heart that would allow people to be so bitter. See, a healthy soul and mind, uh, you know, a healthy soul, mind, will and emotions that are in subjection to the Spirit of God will choose to love and forgive and not lash out. We'll choose to love and forgive. That's the Father heart of God. See, most lashing out is verbal and it can take the victim longer to heal than sometimes physical wounds. Someone's lashed out at you verbally. It can be cutting, can't it? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> we, can, we can prophesy life or we can bring forth death. Yeah, we can even murder. The Bible even likens it to murdering the brother if you don't love them. You know, with our words. You know, because we've allowed our soul to be bitter. We've allowed our heart to be bitter. You know, we've got to allow the love of Christ to be in our lives. The power of forgiveness. You know, I don't believe, we'll, personally I don't believe we'll find it easy to forgive if we've still got bitterness in our heart. You won't find it easy to love if you've got bitterness in your heart. We've got to love people. You know, even as a man, I've got to love my wife as I love my girlfriend. <laughs> no, what, what I mean by that, what I mean by that when she was my girlfriend, otherwise she would not be my wife. Sometimes we can treat our wife so harshly, so badly, if we treated our girlfriend, they wouldn't be our wife. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense <laughs> now? <laughs> it wasn't controversy. <laughs> Would your girlfriend choose to be your wife if you treated her the way sometimes you treat your wife? That's what I'm trying to say. That's why you need the bit, you know, the bitterness needs to go. You know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. You know, and it applies to the women as well. But you've got to, I'm sure you treat your girlfriend better than you treat your wife sometimes. And if that's true, we need to change it around. You know, it needs to be a changing of that. And treat, treat your wife, esteem her more. Because there's a closer relationship with your wife. Praise God. <laughs> Yeah, it was free. <laughs> be anxious for nothing. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. You know, fear and intimidation can paralyze us. Paralyze us from doing what God's called us to do. You know, the fear of success, the fear of failure, the fear of fear, the fear of whatever it be, the fear of rejection, the fear of being unloved. The, the fear list goes on and on and on. But it says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. Do not be fearful. Don't let fear paralyze us. The fear of man, the fear of whatever it be. Fear can't paralyze us. We can't be anxious over those things. 
You know, sometimes we can be fear, fearful to even apologise when we've done something wrong. How hard's that sometimes? To go and admit that you're wrong and go to that person. You can rehearse it a thousand times. I'll say this and they'll say that. Then they'll say this and then I'll say that. You'll get it all worked out. You've got three pages of, in your mind of what you're going to say. Nothing like it, is it? <laughs> Nothing like it. Allow the Spirit of God to go before you. You can't, you can't uh, what is it? You can't uh, control what the other person, whether they receive that apology or not, but you can do it out of sincerity of heart and allow the Spirit of God and be unconditional in your apology and, and the restoration. And then the bitterness goes from your heart. If the bitterness stays with them, that's their problem. But let the bitterness go from your heart. But I find the longer you leave it, the longer you'll leave it. You need to do it nearly straight away and, and just allow the Spirit of God to bring that softness around your heart. You know? So who can count the amount of scenarios that the mind can think of left unchecked? Not me, only God. <laughs> you can't just... There's that many. We can just... The fear, whatever it be, you can just start rehearsing it and going over on in your mind. You can come up with all these scenarios. Someone's 10 minutes late. You've got 25 or 55 or... I'm not exaggerating much. <laughs> scenarios of what's happened, why they're late. You know, all the fear, all the anxiousness can come rather than just say, okay, I'll just pray the power of God over their lives. I'll pray the protection of God over their lives. Yeah, they're 10 minutes late because they got stuck in traffic, you know, or whatever it be. There's a reason. Or we can just pray and say, God, I pray the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray the blood of Jesus as they travel. Next what? They walk through the door, <laughs> you know. Praise God for that. I don't know how I'm going here. Only got a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, see, 2 Corinthians, as we know, says take every thought captive. Imagination, argument, captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. We can't stop thinking, but we can negate the power of our imagination. Hey? We can't stop thinking. Things happen, but we can negate the power of it. We can negate the tr control over it. We can control our mind if we bring it into subjection to the Holy Spirit, if we bring it into subjection to the obedience of the living God, of Christ, we can do that. You know, Jesus said, come to me all you uh, labour and heavy laden. This is Matthew chapter, 28, uh, chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. Come to me all you uh, labour and are heavy laden and you will find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle, there's that gentle again, and lowly in heart, I believe that means humble, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. No wonder he said that. Hey? Come to me, all you are heavy laden. How many of us get heavy laden sometimes? Soul gets a lot of pressure on it. We've never had as much pressure on our souls as Jesus had in the Garden of Gethsemane, though. He had a lot of pressure on his soul there. <laughs> he had his sweat and blood. We're talking about it on Thursday night, I think. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Sometimes we get pressure on our soul. We think, well, we can't stand it anymore. Can't, this is just too much. I can't take it. Chances are, that's right. You can't take it. We'll give it to Jesus. Come to me. You'll find rest. Well, we look for rest all the time. You know? But come to me, he says. We've got, it's in our coming. It's in our coming to him. Uh, he will come to us too, of course. But the thing is, we go to him Come to me. See, but 
another part of that verse, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. <laughs> thanksgiving. That's one thing we forget a lot. Come with thanksgiving. Don't necessarily have to thank God for the situation we're in, but we can thank God or we need to thank God in the situation. In the situation, thank God. In the situation, rejoice. God has the way of escape. In the situation, knowing that God's going to deliver us. We don't know how he's going to do it. It'll be nothing like our imagination thinks it should be. It'll just, he'll do it his way. Hey? God will do it his way. If we allow our soul to come into subjection to our spirit and not let our mind go all over the place and say, mind, you're going to stand still. Mind, you're going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mind, you're going to listen to what God, and you're going to get into the word of God, and you're going to fill your heart, you're going to fill your mind with the word of God, with the truth of the word of God, and all the lies are going to go. That's the confession that we need to have. Yeah, praise God. It's all in our confessions. The mind is so vital and so big part of us, but it gets in the road a lot. Salvation. Straight away our spirit is transferred into the kingdom of God, isn't it? Straight away, instantly. Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Saviour. Forgive me of my sins. We're forgiven straight away. We're a child of God straight away. But how many years does it take for our mind to come to the party? (laughs) It takes a long time for our mind to come into subjection, but it's got to be a choice. We've got to willfully choose to bring our mind into subjection to our spirit daily, every day. Say, that that didn't come from God. That thought's not God's thought. That didn't come from God. That's not lifting. That's not edifying. That's not building the kingdom of God. That thought didn't come from him. I bring it into subjection. I bring it into the, the, word, the word of God. I praise God. See, I don't even know where I'm up to now. <laughs> See, in other words, never stop thanking God no matter the situation. That's the bottom line. Comes back to taking every thought captive. Comes back to that. Take every thought captive. Verse 7. The fruit, see to me verse 7 is about the fruit of not being anxious, the fruit of taking thoughts captive into obedience of Christ. In verse 7, I just got to read that again. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. (laughs) That's the fruit of it. The peace of God. How many people, I'm talking about real peace, God's peace will guard your heart and mind. We must do the other stuff first, you know. Must have the prayer, the supplication, thanksgiving and take the fear, the intimidation, the anxiousness captive. Do that first and then the peace of God surpasses all understanding, you know. But see, the world wants the shortcut, wants to bypass God. Everyone wants this peace. How many people want peace in their life? Absence of problems. Oh, wouldn't it be so great? It's never going to happen. Even if we gave all the money that you ever wished for, you've got a problem with how much, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> Still not going to have peace about that because someone else will want some of it or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> we just think you've got this wrong idea of peace sometimes. You know, everyone wants to be happy. I believe they got it wrong. Forget about being happy when you can have joy instead. 
Uh, forget about being happy. You know, yes, happy is good, but the joy of the Lord's my strength. Uh, the joy of the Lord is the difference. To my way of thinking, happiness is a temporal state that pleases the emotions. That's all it is. It's temporal. Happiness is temporal. But joy, the joy of the Lord is the permanent state that is pleasing to God. There's a difference. Uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy. See, I don't know if Jesus was happy about going to the cross, but he had joy about it. No, he had joy, but for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the same, sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. And that's in Hebrews. I just want to finish, if the musicians like to come, finish in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Just talk, to me, it doesn't say this is joy. This is, to me, this is Paul's fruit of joy. To when we're talking about joy, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verses 8 to 10. It says, he's talking about the uh, thorn in his flesh. He says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. To me, I, that's joy. He's strong in the Lord because of the joy. Whatever state that he's in, whatever comes around his life, he's saying, I have the joy of the Lord. I'm, going, I'm content you know, I've asked God to get rid of this problem in my life, this thorn in my flesh. I've asked him to get rid of it. I've pleaded with him. He's chosen not to do it, but I'm going to be joyful anyway. That's what he's saying to me. And uh, that's how I read that. For, for I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Amazing. What a great example. The joy of the Lord was his strength. The joy of the Lord needs to be our strength. Our soul be strong in the Lord. And, uh, let's feed our soul by our spirit though, not the other way around. Hey? Let's allow our soul to be strong. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Praise the living God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the release of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the anointing. Lord, help us to be strong. Lord, help us to be ones that take every thought captive and bring into the obedience of Christ, to stand on the truth at all times, your truth. And Jesus, you are that truth. And Lord, let us have the joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit, the, your joy being our strength, strengthening in us. And Lord, and, and as we lift your name in our hearts, as we lift your Lord presence within our lives, Lord, that we could walk in the power of the joy and we could have a healthy soul, mind and spirit. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone would like prayer this morning as the musicians play, come and we'll pray and we'll agree together. Allow the Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this morning, has been sharing the word, and I know he does, You'd like to respond this morning be happy to pray with you allow the spirit of God to touch your heart fresh and anew thanks musicians